Hello, good evening, and welcome. I'm Simon Bestwick. And I'm Gemma Files. And this, of course, is... No, no dark. Darkness, but ours. But ours. That's it. We're back. We're back. <laughs> after the... We're back, we're back. Uh, after, um, you know, I mean, I realize that it, it hasn't seemed to be that long because Simon has so wonderfully been, you know, um, making sure that we actually post stuff. But uh, I've I've had uh, I've had to deal with uh, a couple of things in my life, like uh, my son getting chickenpox at the age of eighteen, <laughs> and oh, the joy! Yeah, and passing it around, um, you know, uh, and then I had to go and get shingle the shingles vaccine. Um, this, yeah, yes, because I don't want to get shingles. Um, all that fun shit. All yes. That. <laughs> so. All this and all that. So um, our, our topic for today uh, and possibly for later is uh, is basically queer horror. Yeah. Yeah. And this is going to I think this is going to be as the as the as the bishop said to the altar boy, this is going to be a big one. Um, <laughs> oh, I was going to say the bishop said to the actress, but oh God, we're going to get going to get met. We're going to get hammered. Why not? Why not? Um, <laughs> but I mean. So, I mean, one one uh, quote that I mean, I, I was the I was on the jury for a film festival um, recently, and I was in a conversation with the pre- one of the one of the programmers, who's a friend of mine, and um, uh, he actually said at one point, you know, because um, you know, all horror is queer, and he's speaking as a straight white man, I should add as well. And this is an interesting, and it's an interesting one. But you know, I kind of go- I, I thought I thought I've heard that statement before, so I googled it and came across a few sort of. Um, Articles essentially arguing the same thing because there's so mm-hmm. much of horror is about you know, kind of crossing boundaries. Sometimes we know we're doing it, sometimes we don't know about yeah. it. It's, it's about taboos. It's about desire. It's about desires that we're not supposed to acknowledge having or or act out. And that's just and this of course this is going to be something that a lot of not just if you're gay or bisexual or but just anyone whose sexual tastes aren't entirely strictly vanilla or entirely orthodox um yeah. in any way yeah um the uh, the, I, the idea of the rise of the repressed the idea yeah. of you know i mean <laughs> ah i lived through the uh, madonna's sex era you know <laughs> the, the old uh, the old phrase about having a dick in your brain and um <laughs> uh and and i think that you know i mean when i started to drift towards when I started to drift through, towards dark fantasy, Tanith Lee was my entry point. And when I started yes. to, diff, to drift towards horror, Clive Barker was my entry point. And, you know, I've always been more interested in, less interested in the default and more interested in the side action, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, there's been a bit of that for me in, in the sense I'm often, I mean, we were talking a little bit before we started the, this podcast about, you know, the whole kind of, the, the, as you say, the default. And even though I'm a cisgender straight white male and therefore about as default as you supposedly can get, yeah. um, you know, a lot of the books which I grew up reading, you know, the, the main character is like a, is a man who's usually tall and handsome uh, and confident and has a great deal of physical courage and always knows what to do. Um, none of which really describes me. I mean, I always kind of assumed I'd be, I'd have the courage and the confidence and the stuff um, like that and didn't really think that being a short ass was going to be that big a problem. <laughs> I, I did like the fact that Jack Higgins, going back to him again, uh, uh, some of his best characters, like Liam Devlin, who's the kind of the Irish, 
the IRA gunman, the eagle has landed, um, yeah. is described as being quite small. He's about five feet four or five. Um, whereas in the film, he's played by Donald Sutherland, which is kind of like, hang on, I thought he was supposed to be... That's... Hey, what? Yeah, <laughs> but, but, you know, the idea that you could be a, basically a little guy and still be hell on wheels was quite fun. But again, soon became clear whenever I encountered any kind of physical danger, my instinct was to obviously run away and hide. So um, I got into a lot of, I tried to have a lot of fights at school, usually on the assumption that, you know, I was in the, I was in the right because these people were picking on me and yeah. sheer righteous fury would allow me to beat the crap out of them. And of course it never worked out that way. Um, so in that sense, I mean, there's a kind of default that I've always kind of assumed I should try to be like, but really, isn't me at all so i kind of so i could kind of understand that you know that, that kind of like not being represent that lack of yeah. representation thing just from from, from that it's on a very very minor scale nothing like what it must be like for you know someone who's not yeah assisting a straight white male but well this, well and this this is the thing it's like often we have these liminal, liminal. places that we uh that we occupy and and uh, a series, a cascading series of privileges as well. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, from my own point of view, again, I didn't identify with the default because uh, I was a woman who didn't feel like a woman because I was, uh, you know, because I was a, uh, a person who was supposed to act in a certain way and was completely incapable of acting in that certain way. And too much, too much on every on every level and um you know and and i think for both of us when we looked at the default in terms of representation we did not see ourselves represented there and therefore in a way it's easier to apply that understanding of what it's like to not see yourself reflected in the stories told around you and the stories yeah. that you're attracted to um that every other person who has a cascading, you know, set of or or a lot or less privileges, you yeah. know, in 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 terms of representation, feels exactly the same way. You know, it's yeah. like um, I, you know, it's like one of the people that I was attracted to hugely when um, I first found them was Poppy Z. Bright who's now Billy Martin. And I always felt that Poppy and I kind of, you know, <laughs> um, kind of uh, were sort of coming at things from the same point of view. And yeah. we were in a lot of ways, except that Billy always knew he was a guy literally trapped in inside, in, yeah. you know, in, in the gender presentation of a woman. Um, and I, at some point, had to go, no, I, I don't actually feel like that. There's a lot of stuff that I share, but I don't feel that's, you know, it's like not not only was that not an option when I was younger, but it's not an option I ever would have wished no. to go with either. No, you, you know, you, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff about men getting it on. But this is kind of like the, I, there's a wonderful I don't know if you ever saw it in, in Canada. There's a uh, there was a show called um, The Real McCoy. In Britain, yeah. and it was black and Asian comedians. Yeah. Um, and there was one where they're interviewing like a guy who was supposed to like you know, the stereotypical, you know, yeah. chauvinistic rapper. Yeah. And and to say, so what you know, I'm not a sexist, blah blah blah. So what about this song of yours beating around the bush? He says, That's about how we need to go back to Africa. Because so how come the video for that had you lying with no um, sitting sitting with no shirt on in the back of a limousine while half, while half a dozen sort of scantily clad women rub your body? 
because I like that shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Because I like that shit. And, you know, um, what, what more than anything else that I've been really happy to see over like the last 25 years of horror is that, you know, we all may start from a point where we're like looking around at the default and going, where am I? You know, yeah. um, but more and more, you're there. Yeah. <laughs> you're there because people yeah, are just like, of- you know, uh, we're, because more and more people are, are being born into um, into a world where they can claim themselves. You know, yeah. um, I'm not saying it's like, you know, it's like it's it's hard because for a while it was much better than it had been. And now it's sort of going back the other way around because everything is getting yeah. more fascist and more authoritarian and more fucked up and more censored, you know, and uh, more censored, you know, like self-censoring. You know, it's like, I'm just going to keep things on the down low so that I don't get, you know, shot as I'm walking down the street. But at the same time, people lived through like a nice chunk of yeah. time there. Where I sometimes it, wonder if I would, how I might have turned out if I'd, you know, grown up and, and there'd been more of, and I'd been reading more stuff like that. Um, I, in terms of queerness, I'm. Um, I've always seen, considered myself, yeah, pretty much heterosexual. I've never been attracted to men. Mm. Um, that said, I've had a lot of trans women, very um, attractive, including you know, genitals and all. Yeah. And there's that kind of thing. Well, I mean, it's like I can't pretend that they I, that I don't register any difference between cisgendered women and transgender women. But mm. I know that a, a penis wouldn't be a deal breaker for me if I was, you know, if all if all else was equal, and I was not if I was not in a monogamous relationship. I mean, let's face. I mean, quite yeah. frankly. I don't understand how, how polyamorous people manage to do it because you know, one relationship takes a lot of time and energy. Um, yeah, so much. But again, uh, so I don't know if that makes, I don't know if that puts me somewhere on the the queer axis or not. I I I I don't know either. I mean, the thing is that you you could if you looked at what I did day to day, you might say, well, you know, you're a cisgender white woman who is um, in a heterosexual marriage uh, who has bred and had a child and la la, you know. Um, And, you know, on the other hand, I'm not doing almost anything on a daily basis uh, that's sexual, but my brain is a, you know, it's a son. And it it always has been, you know, it's like I always, one of the things I like about my brain is that I can look at people and go like, oh yeah, no, I could do that. Yeah, that would be, that would be interesting. That'd be kind of neat. Is this part of where the, <laughs> the umbrella term queer kind of comes from in the sense of, you know, you can't, um, I mean, for example, if you're, if you're, bis- if you were bisexual and your, and your, you were, your husband was bisexual, mm. you could be, you could be married with kids, you could be, out, everything yep. from the outside presents yeah. itself. And a lot of, a lot, you know, and a lot of bisexual people complain about lack of bi-visibility and also about people basically making assumptions about about their bias. you know mm. it's like uh, you, uh, if you're in a straight relationship you're straight if you you know if you have kids yeah. you're you know you're you're, you're cis yeah. it's like i i know a guy married to a guy who was the person who gave birth to their twin sons and I remember him when he was that person. Right. Uh, I made out with him at a party actually once. <laughs> <You know? 
when he was that person, you know, right. and, and he when, was always that person, right? You know, it's confusing. It's, it's, it's even for, even find the language to kind of talk about this in yeah. a way that is clear. Yeah, because if you're if, if it's, I mean, can, can we say uh, in the case of this, yeah, this person was was at that time living as a woman, or is that? Yeah, I think that would probably. Yeah, that would probably it be it. Yeah, at that person, at that time, that person was was assigned female at birth and was living that that life. They were living with that gender presentation. Again, it, it, again, finding it's. I mean, somebody. I mean, Stuart Lee once said that political correctness is an often, uh, albeit clumsy, negotiation to try and find a more inclusive language. And the yeah, it is. Often, albeit clumsy, really, is it's very hard to try and. You're trying to find a way to say things in a, in a way that's clear and direct, and at the same time, trying to say them in a way that won't that aren't going to come across as grossly insensitive. Yeah, and yet people within themselves, uh, you know, it's like I've I've written a lot of stuff that takes place in a different time period yeah and you know, um was that fanfic that i had posted on archive of our own it would come with trigger warnings like you know period uh period specific homophobia period typical homophobia internalized homophobia right yeah, <laughs> these, these are the difficult because when you're writing something in a historical setting it's kind yeah. of like well you know a lot of people i mean of course but even in the 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 less enlightened past there were people who there were people who had more far more enlightened um attitudes towards but of course those people were much more in the minority and a lot often a lot more quite they were much much you you would find even people who were otherwise very who would otherwise be reasonably progressively minded Mm -hmm. could still have opinion could still have views on on certain subjects like sexuality or whatever that that by modern standards are kind of like oh my god that's fucking medieval did um, you ever see a uh, gleg close film called albert something or other i want to say Al- albert brooks but it's not um where she plays a guy who was assigned female at birth and is living as a man and has um and has gotten a job as a butler Okay, that's and ends up, um, you know, and ends up like romancing Mia Wasikowska, I think, to try and to try and get her to enter into a relationship with him as sort of his beard, sort of his his beard wife, you know, and um, uh, Albert Nobbs. That's it, Albert Nobbs. Yes, and um, and the 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 moment where Albert understands that there are a lot more people out there like him than he ever thought there were is when he runs into another person assigned female at birth who is also uh living as a man uh who is um, janet janet mcteer you know and it's easier for jan for janet mcteer's character because she's big (laughs) she's a big person you know and, um, you know, as opposed to Glenn Close, who's, you know, like this little tiny yeah. person with tiny feet and tiny hands and, you know. There's um, the whole thing of passing yeah. and so forth. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, and but the point is that there have always been Albert Nobses. There have yes. always been, you know, it's like and even now we're, you know, 
uh, we're always having debates about how would these people have seen themselves? Yeah. You know, was the, and I've forgotten his name, of course, uh, the surgeon who... Um, James Barry? Yes, James Barry, Dr. James Barry. Dr. James Barry, I'm pretty sure, thought of himself as a dude. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's like E5. It can be hard because there's quite, I mean, there's been cases in history. over the fact that people, you know, made assumptions about him. <laughs> yeah. Know? And he fought duels been, just because he wanted to fight them. Many cases that history of women yeah. who have essentially dressed up as men in order to go to join the army to fight. Now, how much of that has been because they thought of themselves as men and how much of that has been because they thought of themselves as women, but did not, but wanted a life that was on yeah. their own terms. And there are certainly uh, that people on. like that as well. I can think of like, yeah. like about three different soldiers from the Civil War um, who later, um, you know, got their got their pension and then yeah. put dresses back on and went. It would be know. fascinating to sort of it would be fascinating to hear their yeah. stories and say, uh, of course, a lot of the a lot of them probably wouldn't have spoken openly or honestly about necessarily how they saw themselves. Absolutely. Maybe how many of them would have even been able to articulate the idea of themselves that this, you know, I'm really a I'm really a man. Absolutely. Whatever. And, you know, one of the interesting things about Dr. James Berry is that uh, after his body was examined when he was dead, um, it was fairly obvious that he had born a child at some point. Good Lord. And I wonder whether it was at that moment that he went, you know what? I can't do this. I cannot live this life. It can't be done. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm going to do whatever I can do to not live this life anymore. I also wonder what happened well, to that kid. I watched that film um, X the other night, you know, with um, Mia Goff. Yes, yeah. Um, and so it's that thing which is, you know, I will not accept a life that is less than I deserve, which is both kind of her mantra for herself, but also, you know, it is that whole thing where her, I mean, I kind of guess the kind of payoff of that she would be mm. the evangelist's daughter. Yes. Pretty much at the beginning. But that thing that that is kind of a mantra of hers and it's a mantra of hers, but they both derived completely different conclusions from that's it. That's true. And yeah, Pearl's just like, not... I'm going to fuck anything I can. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, and if I, I have to kill people, it's, it's fine. <laughs> you know? And it's not a, and that's not a necessarily a queer film in the sense of, I mean, there isn't any same sex act. Well, I mean, there's, there's well, the bit where the young sort of church mouse girl is kind of about to involve herself in the film and the two other women are kind of caressing her a bit as she undresses. But, but also, for the most part, also Pearl's obsession with Maxine is kind of interesting. Yes. Particularly yes. because Mia Goth is obsessed with the same, Mia Goth. Yeah. That's, that's just really, and, and she's yeah. fact, it really underlines what a fantastic actress she is as well as, yes. uh, as, as everything else. Um, again, though, I mean, it's interesting. In a sense of queerness, certainly those, though, while the, while the people who are going to make this porn film aren't necessarily, aren't, aren't certainly, certainly aren't being, aren't being shown as, as being, as, be, as having any same-sex attraction, certainly in terms of their sexualities or in terms of how they perceive se their role of sexuality in their lives, that is, it's queer in the sense of it's at odds with the... Yes. It's at odds with the mainstream. It's about yes. very so, much... So if we know, think of queer as being inherently at odds with the mainstream, you know... Yeah. Um, it, 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 I mean, multiple is, sexual partners without necessarily becoming obsessed with those people or or even loving those people in, in a quote, quote, normal way, 
but not yes. not loving them either, <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like a, being it's able a, to perform for a camera, being able to, you know, and yet yeah. have a relationship with somebody outside of that or inside of that. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's like it's, it's. I suppose it's that thing when you when you realize that that sex and love are two different, are, are very much the, the two of them do not necessarily have to go together. Yeah, and it took me quite a while to kind of learn that lesson. Um, but yeah, um, so I mean, in, and yes, and again, it's, this is, I mean, it's, it's, I love the way, like other, some of the films I've seen, it's, it's inverted a lot of the slasher tropes beautifully, and mm-hmm. that you think that the girl who is almost earmarked as the final girl, the, the church mouse, as they, they often mm-hmm. call her, um, you know, she, oh, she, she, she actually, she, she's like a virginal and, yep. but she actually, she's actually fascinated and really turned on by it, and Goes in, but that doesn't kill her. What kills her is when she rejects that and kind of. Yeah. And I felt sorry for her because you know I thought at the same time I could understand that reaction, but I really hated that the character did that in the same time because I yeah. thought that I, I found that part that her journey there. I actually found that really touching. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, but it's it's when she actually retreats to that previous kind of prudish oh sex is bad kind of position that she immediately runs off and gets killed. <laughs> Well, you know, but I mean, that's that's one of the interesting things about the slasher in general, uh, the slasher model, which is always yeah. that to yeah. some degree, it's about the assumptions that we make about each other. And, you know, it's like, what do you, quote, quote, deserve to die for? Right. Yeah. You know, do you deserve to die for fucking? Do you deserve to die for not fucking? Do you deserve to die for deciding to fuck and then not fucking? You know, do you deserve yeah. to, you know and, and, and the fact is that you don't deserve to die for anything deserves got nothing to do with its son you know that um that the, okay, that was like in many ways from one level a lot of the time it's you, you become a target of opportunity because yes you're going off to do something that society doesn't approve of yeah or that your parents want to approve of you want to have a shag but you know you need to have to you have to sneak off somewhere into the woods or whatever which is where yeah. the serial killer is hanging around looking for exactly the victim. there's a but, there's a there's a friend of mine who's um kind of i won't say obsessed with but she has this interesting interest in sex work and she's very interested in writing characters who are sex workers and to some degree because she's like well sex work is work and if we're saying that sex work is work then it's a job like any other thing but also because you know we're we live in a we live in a matrix we live in a society you know yeah. we live in a society where um you know the assumption is sex work is work that you go to because you can't do anything else sex work is work that you fall into and then you can never get out of it yeah blah 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 consent and that is probably and that may be true for some people in it yeah, to absolutely you know, but and and that that thing that, you know, um, that Jack the Ripper holdover thing of if you choose to do this, you choose to live in sin and you may be killed for that sin. You yeah. know, you, you you know, you you make yourself vulnerable. Right. Why would you yeah. do that? Why would you make yourself vulnerable? And I'm like, you know, uh, in a in a in a world full of um, in a world full of you know, and misogyny and um, misogyny and, you know, uh, things that are slanted completely towards the privileging of men's sexuality over women's sexuality. 
het men's sexuality over women's sexuality, then just walking down the fucking street and having a pair of boobs is, yeah. you know, is you making That's yourself vulnerable. <laughs> is, is making yourself, yeah, exactly. You know, man, put a bra on those. You know? <laughs> I, I can understand, I mean, again, it's a very different, it is a different thing, but mm -hmm. I understand the fear of going, of going out because as someone, I've, I've got quite a bad weight problem. Mm -hmm. Um, and that which is which at the moment translates itself into quite a bad mobility problem as well yeah but i've had that thing of your i mean you go out in public and people if, if you're overweight people will feel they have um a right to pass comment on it yeah uh, often absolutely. very insult from the you should god lose weight mate or you need to lose some weight mate i mean it's like yeah. you think i haven't looked in the middle to yeah. oh you fat fuck or which I got yeah. a lot of when I lived in Manchester and which produced an awful lot of Do you need two chairs? Do you need, you know, like a whole, yeah, exactly. Sometimes, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, absolutely. I, was at a, I was at a book signing a couple of years ago and it was like these, the show had a metal frame and at one point I sort of looked down at my shoulders and I felt something shift and then the frame kind of like buckled under me and oh. kind of almost gently and gracefully lowered me to the floor <laughs> which um it was more yeah. embarrassing than anything else and everyone yeah. was lovely about it the staff of the, yes. I think the staff of the shop were far more worried about how, what was has, has he been injured than you know he's fucked one of our chairs up the fat bastard <laughs> um, but it, you know but at the same time i absolutely understand i you know the high at the highest weight i ever was uh i went to i went to australia to see my dad I had to go from a plane to a plane to a plane to a plane to a plane. It was one of those, you know, like five different flights to get to Australia, right? And I remember that I spent most of it like this with my, yeah. you know, with my elbows crossed as close to myself as I, as they can yeah. be, you know, like yeah. that's Again. a day and a fucking half of... Again, trying it's another not good example to, of, trying not another to example of not being part of the default. The world is not built with people like you in mind. Yeah. Um, uh, we went to Wales um, last year, and usually, I mean, usually, uh, we usually actually we travel a lot of the way by bus. We get a train to Wrexham and then bus it from there to uh, to the coast, which is quite easy to do. But at one point, we went further up the coast. We caught a train, and the aisles on this train very narrow and it's a, and it's 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 not only it's uncomfortable and awkward and it makes you extremely self-conscious and you're aware of you know the other people you're going past and trying yeah. not to squash into and you are yeah. probably thinking oh god what a disgusting spectacle yeah the whole thing becomes both phys physically and emotionally quite distressing yeah uh, Luckily, that I mean, we had to change trains a couple of times because they had problems on the line. Uh, luckily, the lady who was um, uh, yeah. like, this, like the carriage attendant was absolutely, absolutely lovely to us both. Oh, I think she's had a couple of passengers talk horribly to her. We were like, no, yeah. so we're not blaming you. It's all right. We won't have to do this again. I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, you know, it's one. Of, I mean, that, that's that's. I mean, it's, it's again, it's a very different example of you know. I mean, I can choose. I, in theory, I can choose not to be fat. People keep telling me, but it's not a quick process. Even no, it's if I not. decide, no matter you know, and if I commit to salads and you know, twelve mile walks, twelve mile daily walks, you know, from from tomorrow onwards, it's still going to be a period of months before I I stop being overweight. Yeah. Even when I've, I, I remember even I remember one point getting heckled, being heckled, being heckled as a fat bastard by kids, even after I'd lost half a stone that week. 
Oh my god! <laughs> because yeah. there was that much. Yep. To go. Oh, one um, time I was one time I was crossing the street with uh, with Cal. This dude came by so fast on a on a scooter, and I just froze in the middle of the street. I actually had the right of way. He almost he almost you know went into me, and so I'm like frozen there in the middle of the you know, and, and Cal's like, "Run, mom, run!" <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, and and this guy as he zips past me goes. Get out of the way, you fat bitch! <laughs> I was just like, there really that, are times. That was what broke me. That was what broke me. Yeah. I, and I just turned around and went, fuck! <laughs> yeah, that is, the there really are times when you wish you could go armed, you know, uh, where you sometimes think maybe these open carry assholes have a point after all because you think, if I just had a nine millimeter brownie under my arm. Oh, but they, but they so do not. That's the point. You shouldn't yeah. be able to, you shouldn't, you know, think that it's okay to scream get out of the way you fat bitch but at the same time you shouldn't get shot for doing that either no no i can but i can fantasize because the great thing about being a writer is you can fantasize about it you can write that kind of shit down and you'll feel a whole lot better yes that's absolutely true since moving to where we live now we've i've had far less of that kind of abuse but i did get some when i went to the park one time and i was kind of like uh you know i, I was kind of like making myself go out because i've struggled with because of uh, did things like depression and anxiety that's also made it hard to go out so I kind of have to psych myself up to go for a walk to the park because uh, my back pain will kick in before I've gone very far and as I walked around you know slowly around the big sort of pond in the centre I just went past these bloody kids and one of them starts going fatty lad fatty lad it's like yes I'm fatty, not even noticed. but he started it again as I was walking back and I finally snapped I said well, I'm not at least not fucking little cunt like you or something along those lines um yeah. it's got a cheeky bastard as i went away but i then went home and wrote a story where yeah. this fat guy is getting this kind of abuse from a kid and yeah. then he sort of lures the kid after him and suddenly his body hinges open all these tentacles fly out lovecraftian <laughs> monster yeah. and eats the child and then later on dumps the bones in the pond where they won't be found and it's like <laughs> i felt so much better after yeah, doing that no, exactly and you know and i often find that that's that that is the way that it works when you intersect with with your non-defaultness um yes. and you know so let's say you begin as a consumer of story wanting to find yourself reflected in, in the stories that you consume and at first the only things that you find are negative reflections where it's yeah. like you know you can tell that that woman is evil because she's fat you can tell that that guy is evil because he's gay. You can tell that it, you can tell that that lady is evil because she's not a lady at all. You know, you can <laughs> you can tell that you, know, you can tell that that oh, person yeah. is evil because you know they're a they're a dour black person. <laughs> you know, they're a, so whatever, so whatever, yeah. whatever, whatever. You know, whatever is not the default. Whatever's you know, um, and and then you're like okay fine so i want to be you know i i i want to be a gay disney villain you know i want to be <laughs> Ursula. i want to be you know it's like and and then you move into like the second thing which is you know so i'm going to create this monstrous version of myself which is a wish fulfillment version the yeah. wish fulfillment version of oh you think i'm a witch yeah you bet your ass i'm a witch i'm gonna curse <laughs> your fucking 
I'm going to curse your your pasty, you know, skinny ass, <laughs> you know, pretty soon. It's the kind of thing, but I, 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 can't, I would kind of flip it in a slightly different way where, um, you know, I would make the people who'd been, who, who I, I, you know, I tried to make, um, you know, uh, trying to change the kind of underlying concept, uh, the underlying assumptions of what was yeah. good and what was bad. Yes. Because yeah, I liked those kind of thrillery narratives with kind of, straightforward goodies and baddies to an extent but at the same time i just thought well the people you're signing as the goodies and baddies here are all fucked it's all fucked up yeah um i can't think i think i've moved i mean so um and sometimes that would mean flipping around who was who was the good guy and who was the bad guy in a situation but sometimes it was a bit that could be a bit simplistic at times i think i've moved past that um but it was yeah. certainly a useful tool and certainly i think when it comes to writing characters, a lot of the time I try to write I'm Increasingly, I think I've tried to write characters who aren't particularly like me um, because I find myself kind of rather boring or rather if I try to make a character who's exact, who's, who's very like me, then they often I often won't be able to see what's interesting. Yes. Because yeah. Yeah. everybody's life has got a material that's interesting, but often, you know, we don't see um we don't see that in ourselves. Other people's lives look more interesting. Other people's experiences look more interesting. Yeah. Um, so often, and maybe it's part of having having once been or wanted to be an actor of that thing of you know it's like a role. You take you yeah. take a character, you put yourself into them. You find stuff that's like you. You find stuff that isn't like you, and you get yeah. to explore all that. I've certainly, quite a few, certainly lately, quite a few of my characters have been gay women, um, and I'm actually probably more. I'm, and a lot of the time, I think I'm actually more comfortable writing female characters mm. or female protagonists uh, than I am male ones. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of way. I, I know for myself, I made a decision a while ago uh, in much the same way that I made a decision not to show male on female rape. Yeah. Uh, or, I mean, you know, it's like, yes, people people often say, Chema, those consent issues are whack. What's wrong with you? you know? um, but I will say that very little actual, from my point of view, R-A-P-E makes it into my stuff. It's like I may talk about stuff that happened in the past, but that's that's about it. Um, I think and, I mean, theoretical writers have the term dubious consent. or Yeah, or dub fine. Yes, yes. Dub fine and non-con, those are, those are the two things. And, you know, if people are like, do you have, like, some kind of fetish for that thing? I'll be like, motherfucker, I do. It is true. But, um, you know, What's that's... Being a pervert? <laughs> yeah, you know, what, what are you going to say? Um, but, you know, similarly, I made a decision a while ago um, to write queer characters as much as possible um mainly because why not why not yeah. you know it's like there's so many you know it's like there's so there's so many inherent mechanics i mean i had a i had a conversation at a script reading not too long ago um where half the half the audience were like why don't you have those two people that man and that woman character date each other because they obviously carry care for each other a lot and the guy who wrote the script who is a quite a young dude quite a, a zillennial i guess you know was like because that would be really obvious and i really wanted to have two people who were friends who happened to be a man and a woman and yeah. love each other like that you know yeah, because you don't see enough that. of that and and yeah. this is this is like the third phase the third phase is 
Uh, no, sorry. I, I guess the fourth phase. The third phase is then you just start writing about yourself the way that you are because fuck it and why not. And then you start you start making decisions like, well, what do I think that people want to see? Not in a, you know, so that I can sell stuff, but more like, you know, what's what's lacking? What is it that I can do that, you know, to, to plug a little bit of that hole? What's uh, interesting, what's different, what's... Yeah, what's interesting, what's, what's different, done. what's not predictable. And, yeah. you know, um, so... Yeah, I mean, you know. it's, it's both both on a on a on a um, I suppose in a, on a moral sense and in a an aesthetic sense. Mm-hmm. It actually it is actually better to write characters who are who have that kind of diversity. You have are where you are getting away from the defaults as much as possible. Yeah, it makes the work richer and more interesting. And it and yeah yeah I mean obviously you know you're not you don't want to be kind of stealing this stuff uh, from you know, yeah obviously. This is this is the other thing that we have to we have to get into, which is the whole idea of, you know, um, cultural mm. stealing of yeah. what the fuck is what? that called? <laughs> Thank you very much. Yes, we have to get well, into the whole idea of cultural. There's often this thing of even people who sort of say, you know, don't culturally appropriate, are often often admit it's very hard to provide. You because know, because you, you ask, well, in that case. Give me a hard and fast demarcation of what of what constitutes where the line is of what's appropriation and what's not. And even those people would usually make, well, there isn't really it wasn't there isn't one really. We know it when we see it. It's like thanks, yeah. that's great. No, but what, uh, no, absolutely. I mean, I've you know, I've I've yeah, you know, it it is very much a we know it when we see it, much like porn. Yeah. Much like, much like porn, That's much like fascism, you know, it's like, you know, when you see it and well, it's... One gay writer who had a look at some of my work, but I'd written a gay character and not mm. done an event. I'm writing gay men, I've actually found mm. trickier, probably because, and I've realised this now, I've fallen to, I, not so much, I wasn't trying to study it, I, it was more a case of, I was trying to find a kind of, a voice and so yes. for the character and this kind of, kind of arch... Mm-hmm. Sort of slightly camp tone kind of came quite. It works very well in one story. F E Y. Yes. Called um as the crow flies, which is told from the point of view of uh, the uh, deceased Piers Gaveston, favourite of Edward the um, yeah. Second. Quite quite pleased with it. Um, mm. And the the writer who had a look at it, uh, James James Bennett, um, yeah. really good writer, um, uh, was, was fine with that. But a couple of others. When I kind of done something similar, he he wasn't he, he critiqued more in depth. I think one of the things he did say um, was representation is great, mm. but if you're trying to sort of um, so think where 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 it would get problematic is where if you're if you're trying to write about oh you know the harsh the, the terrible you know the the harshness and the rigors that gay people have to go through because that's not my it's one thing to write a character who's gay. Yeah, it, it would be like if I was as a white person, I shouldn't really be writing, you know, how terrible, how terrible, you know, the, the, the experience of black people under racism is because, um, you know, again, that's that's kind of trespassing on uh, that's, that. That, that is. Yeah. Kind of trespassing in yeah a sense. So that's so that's the interesting thing. The interesting thing is like um, what you're actually trying not to appropriate is the is the more negative aspects, the more difficult aspects, the more tragic aspects of being yeah. on the it's, default. 
And yeah, no, no, that's absolutely true. And you and know, you, you can't get away in some texts, from in some senses, from showing some aspects of that because, although, you know, otherwise, because again, you're not, yeah. you're not being realistic if you don't show that there are fucking arseholes out there yeah. who will dislike you because of who and what you are. Yeah. But yeah, there are plenty of horror stories you can tell where. Where you know people, as as um, Paula Ash points out in her collection, we are here to hurt each other. Yes. Which is a nice little segue into our next episode, where we'll be discussing the work of emerging contemporary queer horror writers like Paula Ash and Haley Piper, and queerness in classic horror fiction. Until then, I have been Simon Bestwick, and I have been Gemma Files, and this, of course, has been No Darkness, no darkness but, but Our House. house.